dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and uh, COVID has rampled through the AFL. Things changing all the time. Just having a look at the fixture, I think it changes every hour when I look at it, Sauce. Hey, Pez, uh, just before we start, just want to do a USB check and a uh, <laughs> system check, just make sure that we're all uh, on board there. Oh, well, I, I don't know because <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't uh, plug it in this time, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not recording it again. No, I'm checking the little uh, the system here. The green little uh, bars are going up, Pez, and uh, what else also is going up is the, the COVID cases in Victoria and across Australia, actually, uh, to be a bit more precise. And uh, a lot of teams have fled their home states, and we are looking at a similar sort of setup to last year, Pez. Question without notice, been a lot of teams that moved. Is any teams really disadvantaged on the back end of this? Will any teams sort of miss out on the eight and complain about the, the schedule and uh, not being able to play in their home state? You, you always think about West Coast when they're in the, <laughs> the Gold Coast bubble because they, they do get to play at home this week against St Kilda, a very important game for both sides. And uh, after that, their run isn't isn't too great and I wouldn't imagine they'd be playing lots and lots of games over there. So uh, big big for West Coast. Uh, probably doesn't help Port Adelaide either, yeah. having to, to travel probably more games in Victoria that, rather than Adelaide Oval where they went into lockdown South Australia. New South Wales are rampant. And then as the listeners know, we're from Victoria and our lockdown's been extended to at least uh, midnight next Tuesday. So see um, you next Tuesday then, Pez. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> it. Uh, no, no profanities on, on the pod, oh, please. Oh, of course not. Of course not. But I mean, specifically, I think it definitely affects teams like, you know, Fremantle, Richmond, uh, West Coast, Sydney, those teams really fighting for that that top eight sort of spot. Um, and, you know, obviously GWS as well. Like not being able, they've been out of uh, Victoria for, for three weeks now and they're, they're probably not going to be returning home to, to New South Wales for the remainder of the season. Well, the COVID didn't really help them last week. They're up by 29 points against Sydney. Toby Green wasn't playing. Like, if he's if he's there, they're up by 29 points. Maybe maybe Sydney don't make that run. It's really interesting, quarter. that one, Pez, because we will talk about it in the, you know, obviously the, uh, the review of the game, but having Toby Green out of that game and, um, you know, Callum Mills out for, for Sydney, you'd probably say that's a straight swap in terms of actual players dynamics but in terms of what he brings and the fatigue aspects that that seemed to hit GWS in that second half realistically they needed that spiritual leader there to help bring him back and a very costly loss being up by five goals in that first quarter yeah and very costly loss for some AFL teams where the AFL was just like yep we're going ahead because uh we can't you were at tier one exposure sites we had the rugby we had a few cafes around there and uh Josh Dunkley was one that's name was there but he's been injured with his shoulder for a while so uh probably wouldn't really matter uh, about missing him because they still would have missed him through injury but uh, some some big players being known to go to those tier one exposure sites I mean and surely the surely the AFL players is getting to a point where it's like you know you are only going to be going to things that are that are mandatory in terms of, of living so your local coffee shop you can understand Dunkley in that one getting pinged for that but but going to a, such an exposure site like a, an, a you know a sporting event like a rugby where there's heaps of crowd crowd it's just I think it's irresponsible in terms of some of those teams you know especially for both Sydney and GWS both being affected for it both teams vying one for a top four spot one for a top eight spot a little bit of responsibility has got to there on what they're actually trying to achieve this year and the opportunity that presents themselves they obviously know that COVID is going to be part of our uh, you know the regular season here but a little bit more responsibility and, and sort of um 
I guess, you know, it's not really the word responsibility what I'm trying to use, but, like, they just need to have a bit of ownership on their behaviours, Pez, and, and be a bit more um, understanding of, of the world that they're living in, what they're actually fighting for in their football club. It's really hard, and the argument comes down to can the AFL, you know, make players not do that? Last year there was the bubble and they spent a lot of times away from their family. Yeah. You've got to still be able to live, like, if they go to anyone's job and they say, all right, you can't go anywhere because we really need you to work at your job. These guys are elite AFL footballers, so... Can the clubs actually ask them, hey, can you just, you know, do do your best not to go out anywhere else? Because the restrictions are on all Victorians, but then the AFL players usually have bigger restrictions. But to say, you know, don't go to the rugby or don't go to your local coffee shop because, you know, we don't want you at a tier one site. We don't want to be missing you for finals. It's the back end of the season. Is that okay to ask them to do that for a couple of months or is it against their human right to be able to go and do that yeah i'm probably more looking at it off from the afl saying that but probably the leadership group you know someone like toby green and you know that leadership at, at gws isn't a strong suit and when he is captain there and he's one of those leaders that he he you know leads by example by him saying you know what lads no let's let's we've got an important game this week we can't afford to not have players in that that you know that that spotlight, let's just go to my place and we'll just get a couple of brewskis and, and watch the game. I, I just think it's more of a club thing that the leadership group should take the responsibility, not the AFL. The AFL obviously can't do that in terms of human rights, but I'd like to see you know some of the leaders there band together and they're they're already a team that has been away from their families for a lot. They're already you know we said last year that they were going to be a team that responds in the bubble and that tight knit sort of group. It was more leadership aspects I was wanting to see there. Yeah, that's fair enough there. Uh, but you are absolutely shitting me here. I've, I've just had a look at the, at the AFL letter. Essendon in the eight, that's a joke, isn't it? Why am I shitting you? Oh, not you. But like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I've turned on the mic. <laughs> I'm sitting my 1.5 away, Pez. I've got everything going down. And, and Essendon, it's got eight wins? No, do you, know what I like? do you know what I like about it? I like that it sort of just uh, it teases the Essendon fans because they actually believe. They actually believe that they are a legitimate shot to, to make the eight and um, and you know we're getting pe- getting on in Twitter, mate. If you don't finish in the top eight, you might as well finish bottom because it doesn't <laughs> matter where you finish. You're not playing finals. Your streak will extend to over seven thousand. It's their spot to lose to by the looks of things. They're, no, they're in the eight. They're mate, their run points. home is ridiculously but tough. Do you know what happened? They they beat North and North were within three points late in that game, and Essendon got out to an eighteen point win, and they're all up in arms. They've won two in a row. They're going, oh, we're in the eight. How good is this? Well. No, it's, it's not because you guys are a shit football club and you're not going to make the finals. It's actually better for Essendon's development not to make it um, because, one, they get a, a better pick. Two, there's less expectation going into next year. If they hit the eight this year, let's say that they do hit the eight and they finish eight, they're going to play probably a Brisbane side or a Port Adelaide side. What they're probably going to have. In? What do you mean? No, they're going to make the eight. No, but it, let's say that they do. Let's say this unrealistic word that we live in. Let's imagine a COVID-free world. Oh, you're right. A fictional novel, are <laughs> Yeah, <you>? fictional novel. <laughs> a COVID-free world. There's no cases. We've got crowds. If they finish eighth, they're probably going to play Port Adelaide in Adelaide or Brisbane in Brisbane, maybe Sydney in Sydney. They're not getting wins against those football clubs. It's going to extend their um, – maybe you get a one one game under the belt for some of those young blokes, but it'd be better to have another proper run at it, a proper preseason. You're getting most players signed on, Stringer signed on uh, this week for, you know, the package is going to deliver apparently, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's what you'd be better to do. Rather than finish eighth, straggle in, extend your finals losses to, what, seven or eight years that they've been in there in a row. Like, it's, it's, it's not a win for the club. They'd be better to finish tenth. Oh, it'd be better finish anywhere, but um, I, I just don't want the Essendon supporters to keep talking. <laughs> I don't care where they finish, uh, as long as they don't win a final, which is uh, keeps the streak alive. But the other news around in the world uh, in, in a couple of days, or actually tomorrow, I think, the opening ceremony, but the Olympics starts. Uh, Olympics have already started, mate. In Tokyo. So, uh, 
it's been great already. It's day 0.1 uh, because day one starts officially Saturday after the Olympic ceremony, but we have had the softball going today and we've had the uh, the women's soccer last night, which was extremely uh, entertaining. We, we spoke about it in the coin toss very quickly last week about the uh, – or I think we did. We did at least on the first show that wasn't recorded. <laughs> I think we did in the second. I don't, uh, can't remember if we got Talking to about it. weightlifting and some, <laughs> some of our favourite things. So the weightlifting, I think you said, is on the Saturday source. Uh, it's on the Saturday. Yeah, it yep. starts at 10 a.m., Pez. I've got a, a very detailed spreadsheet, which in which you, I've sent to you, and happy to send out to any of the listeners. There's a details, a very detailed uh, explanation Just of what to put on 7 Plus. How many devices do you think is minimum to, oh, to mate, have open? I'll tell you what. Seven seven plus has, has hit the winner because you can multi, you can log into multiple accounts with the same account, multiple devices. Sorry, I'm thinking I've got my TV, I've got my we move my bedroom TV into my lounge room, my iPad, I've got two iPads, and uh, there's those five devices I'm going to be rocking. I reckon. I could go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five or six. I reckon I'll I'll jump on and put all the sports on at the same time. We can't forget about the AFL because we are running an AFL podcast here. Yeah, but just mate, twelve thirty is prime time for the Olympics. Every Olympic sport that's being played on Saturday at twelve thirty is going at the same time. You got the rowing, shooting, beach volleyball, fencing, handball, table tennis, volleyball, weightlifting, archery, field hockey, gymnastics, softball, taekwondo, the three on three, basketball, judo, and the tennis is going. The only thing that you will miss if you start that is the water polo, which doesn't start till three. Unfortunately, water polo is another good sport. Great sport. Um, I need to order some more devices online. <laughs> I think and get some express delivery here. Yeah, it's a shame that Ko doesn't have it with the split screen thing uh, yeah. because that uh, Olympics is perfect for the split screen. Not like the AFL where you need some commentary. You don't need the commentary for the for the Olympics. Just bang. Whacking on as many devices as you can. Get your phones out, get your missus' phones, uh, buy your dog a phone, get them all going and get onto it, Pez. But we have got some uh, other news that we need to speak in there, and that is that is AFL because this is a, an AFL podcast. Uh, I'm you, sure we'll bring in a lot of I'm sure we'll bring in a lot of Olympic uh, um, news as well as sort of little any sort of uh, diversion to be able to talk about the um, the Olympics, Pez. But we, we need to get into the first game of the round. Geez, next week's show is going to be all about the Olympics. All the Olympics. We might just do an Olympic show, Pez. <laughs> just we'll do, an Olympic show. Maybe we'll just do the Olympics and the way we can sort of swing it into an AFL thing is we'll just get players that we think would be successful at different AFL uh, different uh, Olympic sports. Sounds like a segment. There we go, done. We, we'll like do another segment. one we'll midweek next week. Look forward <laughs> to that next week. Uh, well, what we do need to speak about, Source, is uh, a big round 18, which uh, finished with uh, eight teams in the eight. The eight changed a little oh, bit. Eight teams in the eight. Eight That's teams in the eight. How fancy it, that. It did change a little bit, but you got <laughs> ten... Uh, 10 outside there. So Richmond ninth in their usual spot. Fremantle, St Kilda, GWS still fighting for spots with Carlton, Gold Coast, Collingwood, Adelaide, Hawthorne and North Melbourne eliminated from 2021. Yeah, so season over for those guys. We'll uh, pay tribute to those in the <laughs> rounds coming towards the uh, the actual end of season, Pez. But we need to get into the first one that sort of really put Fremantle's uh, season in jeopardy because they did start, I think, in the eight and they finished outside of the eight uh, after and a 69-point loss. Did they start favourites in that game? They didn't start favourites, but for some bizarre reason... They continually decrept in on the betting line, and I didn't understand it. I mean, obviously, they had no um, Jeremy Cameron, no Rowan, and um, Geelong were stuck in some sort of bubble. They were playing at home. But there was no crowd, uh, and it was interesting, Pez, because I couldn't see anything else but dollar-dollar bills for this one, Pez, because the Geelong Cats absolutely thumped it in. 69-point winners at Optus Oval, and they just piled on in that second quarter and took control of the game. Fremantle, you know, in the wet as well, Pez, in the wet, which was really Fremantle didn't touch a footy. He had it 299 times. Uh, to Geelong's 422, so a big discrepancy there, uh, and only three goals, 13 to 14 goals, 16. So inaccurate kicking uh, on the night, but uh, only three goals for the night. Very disappointing for that Fremantle side. Rory Lobb couldn't uh, lob it up to to get another four or do anything like that. But 
Geelong were able to do that. Hawkins leading the way with four goals, Source, and uh, Dangerfield up forward with three again. So you'd probably give the the votes in a Geelong game uh, that where they won by 69 points, you give it to the best player on the opposite side, wouldn't yeah, you? Probably, like probably Darcy I think Darcy Parrish actually won the medal for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Angus Brayshaw kicked one and had 21 disposals. <laughs> well, that's so it, go. mate. Put him in. Uh, but you mentioned Patrick Dangerfield kicks 3-1. Um, he has to be one of the worst set shots inside 50 in the AFL because he, he actually... Kicked th- any on the full? He kicked 3-1. He kicked one on the full, one that didn't make the distance and one that he shanked so badly that somehow, I think it went down as a goal assist because I think... Uh, I think who I can't remember who it was, but there was a little small forward that propped up. Zach Tui. Zach Tui came downfield and sort of leaked up forward and bang, got one. But well, he didn't get one. Well, he didn't get one. He got the two behind. Behind. Two but, but Pez, what was uh, really, really good to watch here, not only as a Geelong supporter, is this game plan, this keepings off brand of football, wait for the impatience of the defence and then attack. It was at its... It was at its um, it was at its best realistically Friday night and we've seen Geelong do this for a couple of years now and they've sort of you know they've, they've become impatient they've dabbled with you know going down the middle they literally just swing the ball from side to side play keepings off elite kicking they kick the ball up and then bang the great inside 50 good scoring attack that's, that's all well and good against the Fremantle side but the reason that that comes under pressure and scrutiny is when you get a, a side that applies a lot of pressure like a Brisbane or a Richmond or uh, one of those sides up the top this year so we'll see if it can uh Go, go well in the finals with uh, Chris Scott there. But um, Dangerfield, he, I don't know if this is true, but just from watching his set shot kicking, it's either straight through the middle or it misses by a mile. Yeah. He doesn't miss it. Yeah, like, he's best and he's worst of miles apart. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. But uh, Fremantle, very disappointing. Uh, not even to compete in that game. So very easy win to Geelong. But the next game, Source, was, was absolutely massive with Richmond upsetting Brisbane by 20 points, keeping their season alive. But the biggest news out of it was the big collision with Mitch Robinson and Dustin Martin. And he's got, what is it, a lacerated kidney or something. And he yeah. is out for the season. He was still in hospital uh, the other day when we heard an update. Yeah, he looked in big big trouble right from that um right that initial hit. Originally, people were thinking maybe it might have been a hip, maybe it could have been a ribs. I was hoping it was just a rib or well, something. I was hoping it was just maybe a bit winded or something, but then you actually see Dustin Martin wincing, walking off the – and then he got to the bench and he was down on all fours. Yeah, and you, thought, you don't see that's, that. You don't see that from any AFL football, let alone, you know, Dusty Martin, one of the champions of the game. But, it, you know, whilst he was out in that fourth quarter, that third and fourth quarter, they did sort of come home strong. Richmond, you know, not only the big story is Dustin Martin, but Jack Rewalt. And was this not an absolute um, pinnacle of his game? You got to see all versions, Everything. all versions of Jack Rewald in an in a, in a amazing performance. You know, six goals, um, six goals, three hundredth game, and and yeah, really stamped himself as a champion of the Richmond Football Club. Yeah, he was flying for the high marks. He was had his set shot kicking on on point. Uh, he was pumping up his team with his celebrations oh, and celebrations. things like that. Doesn't so love a goal that guy. He, he loves it. But Marby Achola is uh, the Robin to his Batman. Uh, stepped up and kicked four. Played well in the ruck around the ground as well. And uh, Brisbane, without Hipwood in the side, uh, weren't looking likely to be able to do anything. Danaher got uh, a cheap one and uh, a one that was a really strange one from outside 50. So he had three goals. Zach Bailey had two. He's a, he's a great one to watch, Zach Bailey. Just bursts out of the pack. Uh, Cameron had two. McCarthy had two. Lynch had two. McStay had two. And Graham had two for Richmond. So a lot of multiple goal scorers on the night. Uh, 106.86, so not that high scoring, but a, a lot of multiple goal kickers, so that was interesting as well. I mean, the big question that comes from Brisbane, I mean, this is the, their second sort of, you know, not really impressive sort of loss because, the, I mean, they lost to St Kilda and they, they've lost to Richmond, two sides that are going for a top eight sort of finish. But with Joe Han- Danaher as the centrepiece of that forward line, he just doesn't seem to have the responsibility to do it. And it really throws, I know structure is one of those things that, you know, he, he relies on and Brisbane rely on, but... 
Can they can they go far in September with Joe ha- Joe Danaher as their centerpiece of that that forward line? Well, they can if he adapts, but they also have to rely on Daniel McStay. So McStay, he had a really good first half source. He was uh, looking very dangerous up there forward. He kicked two goals, but he only had five possessions for the game. So you you got to think he's got to touch the ball, what maybe ten times as a forward there to yep. to have a bigger impact and 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 lead up and offer offer more things uh, to to your midfield. But uh, Richmond, the thing that won them the game source, the pressure on the footy, able to turn it over, go the other way. So back to Richmond brand of footy, but. People might start to write him off now after Dustin Martin is out as well. So uh, very interesting for their end of the season to see if their dynasty can stay alive. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because if Richmond sneak into the finals, they're one of those, you know, Jack Rewalt came out and said in the lead up to his 300 that they were not one of the team that you want to face in coming into the finals. But I actually wouldn't fear Richmond coming into the finals because one of those main reasons that you didn't want to play them is because the Gary Ayres winner for three years in a row, four years in a row every time they've won a premiership, is Dustin Martin. And we know that he is one of the best finals football players of our generation, probably of all time. You'd probably make the argument for at the end of his career. But without him... I don't know if they've got one of those genuine game winners that can do it week after week after week. Jack Rewalt's through it this week. Outside of that, if he if he's not up and about, I, I don't know if they've got one of those genuine sort of midfielder players that can get in there. They've been hit by injuries, yes, but they're not a team that I really would, would fear playing finals. Well, the one player that I absolutely adore watching now, Shea Bolton. Have you seen yeah. that guy in the pack and everywhere? He's got X Factor. He's got Superstar written all over him. He can go forward and take a grab. He can get the ball out of the centre and burst away. Uh, just if you if you haven't yet, do yourself a favour. Watch Shea Bolton really, really co- closely when he's in there in the contest because uh, it, it's just a gem to watch. Yeah, he just lacks that consistency early on in his career at the moment, but he you know he'll get that over time. But you're right, Pez. He's a, a great kick of the foot. Footy he goes hard, and he always sort of pops up for a little X factor goal at the right times as well, which is what you expect from Dusty. So he, his role over the next month will be pivotal for their success. Yeah, one thing that's really important and pivotal for team success is probably set shot goal kicking. And in the next game, St Kilda versus Port Adelaide, uh, St Kilda just couldn't get the job done. I don't think they actually kicked a set shot goal for the whole game source. So they had 8-13, uh, a couple out on the full and things like that, to 10-14 for Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide ended up winning by 13 points. But the really disappointing thing about this game, it was, it was tight throughout. St Kilda couldn't hit a set shot. Uh, it was 60-59 to 59 source. So St Kilda up by a point and they had three really terrible turnovers from their back 50 just missed kicks, two from Bradley Hill and another one, turned the ball straight over, two goals happened from that and it was game over and it was it was super disappointing. Yeah, it was an absolute collapse uh, and it was not, not even the, the um, pressure that Port Adelaide um, actually applied. It was more perceived pressure of being in a close game, a must-win game, an important victory for the club. Um, you know, St Kilda would have been a really, really good stamp going forward into September, but it was an absolute collapse, Pez, and it, you just can't afford those mistakes. And not only from younger players, Pez, it was some of, some of your, your more mature bodies there and people that you would expect to give the pill in those situations and just be like, you know what, take control of this game, lead us to victory, and yeah. Well, Bradley Hill, you want the ball in his hands. 100%. He miskicked two coming out of the 50 and miskicked it so bad that no one knew where it was going and ended up in Port Adelaide's hand and going forward. Uh, probably the best player for Port Adelaide on the day, you'd have to say, uh, Georgiades. He he goes forward. He takes some big grabs, the 19-year-old. He kicked four straight. Uh, he had five marks on the day. And, and Carl Amon was another one. Uh, 26 disposals and two goals. Uh, one, one on either foot, a right foot snap and a left foot snap. 
Yeah, but it was uh, – you're right, Pez. Uh, George Alice was fantastic in that forward line. Do you know who actually was really good as well? It was um, Charlie Dixon. Whilst being limited to his sort of uh, disposal of the pill, he was huge in a lot of those contests, Pez, uh, and kicking that winning goal from a nice little shake and bake in that forward line that uh, really uh, – You're giving him credit for that, are you? He, oh, I he, reckon he had a dog of a day. I'm going to say he got a bath. Really? You didn't, you didn't think he, he was a pivotal play? No, nah, oh, that at the end nah, the I, game I, was already I, over as well, and he got his got his little goal and his little fist pump. But I reckon before that, uh, he got an absolute bath uh, by Dougal Howard. Oh, really? I, I thought yeah. in the one on one contest he did, but I thought he's around. He's I thought his um, sort of groundwork was, was pretty good and I thought he was a pr- decent sort of setup for Georgie Alice to get the pill. I actually didn't mind his game, Pez. I disagree with you there. Oh, we'll have to see what the fans think uh, at, <laughs> at Behind the Bound on Twitter because uh, 13, big 13 touches, a couple shots on goal, had a goal assist. <laughs> it's not bad from your forward. Not bad from a forward. Not, we just not said in the last uh, game that you would expect 10, 15 touches from, from a forward as well as a goal. He had, what, three shots from goal? That's from Daniel McStay. This is Charlie Dixon. So what are you expecting from him? What, 17, 18 touches? Charlie, three goals. Oh, so the goals are what, what kills him? Well, he, he didn't have an impact in the game from when I was watching it. We had uh, St Kilda rebounding off them kicking the ball to him and things like that. We might have to... Get a, to, get a live viewing party. Yeah, we don't have to get the, the KO Mini out. Go, go Charlie Dixon watch and see how we go. Oh, go we do, we do love a behind-the-boundary watch, don't we? Love <laughs> just, <laughs> the just moving watch as we're watching a game. But, yeah, let's get on to the next one, Pez, because we can't do that live. We don't have enough time for that one. Oh, we can't do it right now. There we go. So uh, the next game was uh, interesting. Uh, Gold Coast versus uh, Western Bulldogs. Gold Coast came out, kicked the first three goals, looked absolutely fantastic, and then the Bulldogs kicked four in a row and just uh, – Won comfortably in the end by the, by their eleven points. Uh, they were never in danger of losing that after you know coming back from the from three goals down. But there was a, a, some really good performances and promising signs uh, from Gold Coast. She had Sexton who had seven shots on goal, three goals four. He he loves to miss. Ben Ainsworth was more accurate this week, three goals one. So he he usually gets about three behinds and, and goes from there. But Ugal Hagen was the big story for the Bulldogs. He kicked three goals. Second game didn't play very very good in the first game and. And Beveridge was, you know, head shaker all up and about. But Hagen looked all right, took a couple of good grabs, and his set shots a goal were magnificent. Yeah, he did, did some really special things. And I think it was really unfair. A lot of the media criticism he copped that first week, Bez, because there are a lot of times where he actually got the pill and did sort of well, and he just hadn't made that adjustment to league footy. And this week you could see that that one week in the league, he realised there were some things that he you know, he was able to do at the VFL and the junior level that he's just not able to do here because he's playing against... Playing uh, against Gold Coast, probably... Uh, Playing against VFL elite footballers, level, maybe. but that way he's confidence there, and he didn't try to do over the top sort of stuff. He just didn't went back to the basics. He, you know, a couple of nice marks, a couple of nice around the bodies, uh, and his you know pressure around in defensively coming out at fifty was really good as well, Pez. But question to you, Pez, you spoke about you know Gold Coast not really being one of those sides that are they're going to challenge for the flag. Took Miller, is he all Australian this year? Oh well, there's there's a question for you. He's thirty eight disposals, there's seven tackles. He works he works as hard as anyone, but. Uh, you got to look, 27 handballs. He, he works hard inside. He gets the ball out there. Uh, and had, then had nine he, clearances as he well. Does, he game. does run with it as well and, and kick it inside 50. So uh, I'd have to have a, a better look at it and see what other midfielders he's up against because usually you go for your midfielders in your top four and then you look at the next bracket and then you go, are there any standouts from the bottom you know, bottom six sides, any absolute stars, like a Gary Ablett type at, at Gold Coast when he was back there. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have an answer for you at the moment for Took Miller, but that's a that's a good discussion and good question to happen. One I wanted to talk about was Jeremy Sharp. 
He's he's come in. He looks like a Gold Coast son, doesn't he? He, lo- he looks like the old uh, lifeguard logo. That they say. <laughs> <laughs> the straight blonde hair. Chuck some cheap sunnies on him, and he would be good there, mate. Get Thirty him disposals for him. Uh, and and what what do I see here? A couple of tackles. He had ten marks around around the back line there. Twenty four of those kicks. So I know teams put a lot of time into Lacocious because you know they like the way he kicks a ball. Maybe uh, Gold Coast is saying, you know what, he kicks a ball pretty sharply. So uh, we'll we'll get that there. Uh, my microphone didn't pick up that eye roll there, Pez, but that was a very clear uh, um, eye roll there. Yeah, he, the 19-year-old did well, Pez. He's a Fremantle boy, um, picked up 27th in the uh, the draft two years ago, so he's starting to come in their own, but exactly right. You know, he started to, he stepped up, and the, the coaching staff there have done well to, obviously, teams are putting more intention into Lukosius and obviously took, took Miller, but he, you know, running off that back line, took some really great intercept marks. He was very poised going up the ground. There were a couple of situations where he took some really strong marks, and you know, got hit pretty hard. There was a couple of times where he sort of his, his luscious locks were sort of banged around a bit from that head. Um, but yeah, he was able to deliver the ball quite nicely into the midfield and, and, and quite often actually sort of um, taking that 50 50 kick, which, which you don't see a lot of young teams do because they're so careless of making a mistake. And he was high risk, high reward, and a couple of hit a couple of nice pills that set them up going forward. Yeah, one last thing on this game. You know, notice uh, we spoke about Bailey Smith about a month ago mm-hmm. saying he needs to get more of the pill. He's getting more of the pill now, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little bit, a little <laughs> bit more. They're looking for him. Hey, him my, Brownlow, my Brownlow bet from round one yeah, is <laughs> no good. Has not come in at all and will not hit. <laughs> and there were a few uh, different comebacks during the weekend, Source. Uh, no more than uh, the bottom Hawthorne uh, coming back against Melbourne, who couldn't put them away early when they were dominant. Uh, and they ended up in a draw. And Hawthorne could have actually stolen that at some point in the game as well. So... Uh, Melbourne got back in the lead and then Hawthorne came fighting back. So all credit to Hawthorne here uh, for their effort and and what they are doing. But Melbourne, oh, that's got to be disappointing for Melbourne fans. All right, Pez, we'll talk about the game. 79 all, it was a draw. (laughs) So the game's done. We don't have to talk about Hawthorne. We don't have to talk about Melbourne. There are two massive issues from this. Huge issues. One is uh, Melbourne's ability to perform and the amount of doubt that they, they, um, I guess, you, you have in them and most people have in them. They can only they only get themselves up for the top eight sides, which some people would argue like, well, at least you you would rather be beating the top sides than the bottom sides. This is the fourth time, a third time this season that they've lost, well, not won a game for a team outside the eight and a team where they were under a dollar ten favourites. Pez. So they've got teams here: Collingwood, Adelaide, Hawthorne sitting fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. It's not lost good to Collingwood, lost to Adelaide, drew to Hawthorne. It, would you rather have that as the concern, or you having you thumping those teams and losing one or two against, say, the Doggies or Port Adelaide or Geelong? What What would you prefer? I, I, I don't I, know what leading into December I, I prefer. I think I'd prefer that to to lose to the bottom sides and to be able to show and build confidence that you can beat those top sides. Uh, the other way around, you'd go in without confidence, knowing that you giving the other team confidence because they've beaten you earlier in the season. But uh, I still don't think they can do it. This weekend is a massive test. They put 1v2, Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs. Who's going to come out on top? Because both of these teams haven't won anything yet, have come from nowhere, up at the top of the ladder. They should be going for blood and there should be a highly contested and high effort game of footy. See, I think that's what concerns me most about Melbourne Pairs is that as you said, they haven't won anything, and yet when when teams who are at the top lose to bottom sides, 
the, the normal things go out there. Oh, they're going through the motions. They're just looking for September. This team hasn't been to September for a it. long time. They haven't earned it. Either of the dogs, you know, they're at least getting rid of their opponents down the bottom of the ladder and they're struggling against the top. I, I don't know if I'd prefer one or the other. But the, the, the question is that when they get to September, are they so entitled, they've got this entitlement about them that they're deserving to be there, that they're the best team in the comp, then prove it on the field. Dominate these low, lower clubs. Take control of business. Do not do not give away four points like this. And they're still battling for a top two spot. And then they could... They, really they, they, These losses and these draws could really affect that going forward. Yeah, there's other things in it with um, COVID and all that. But Melbourne against... If you're on top of the ladder and you're playing against... Take care of business. You've, you've got to put them away by five goals and, and not let that happen. Uh, we're heading to Sunday, Source. We had four games. We had North Melbourne losing to Essendon by 18 points to start and North you know fought it out well we're really in this game and uh, Essendon Jake Stringer did come out uh, kick what do you call that a small bag these days with four no yeah it's a small one no it's not yeah no a small bag would reusable be. reusable <laughs> bag reusable bag the Hessian bags it's <laughs> <laughs> so the bring your own bags the four <laughs> the four goals yeah well, uh, <laughs> he, he turned it on when he needed to Larky was up forward with three uh, Peter Wright had three as well but uh, you expected more from Essendon here in this game for me watching it uh, for an up-and-coming team against the North Melbourne side. So I think North Melbourne did really well to, to be able to be in it and compete. Um, but Essendon only to win that by 18 points. If I was an Essendon fan, I'd be really disappointed in that performance. And that pairs was every North Melbourne fan just calling you <laughs> saying, uh, hey, give us a bit of credit here. We, went, we took our second lead of the year into halftime. So only their second lead into the at halftime. And yes, they, they were impressive, um, North Melbourne. Again, not having the legs and having the experience to be able to capitalise on some of those opportunities and letting Essendon escape in that last quarter. And, you know, really, realistically, everyone saw that going there. But this is what we're saying, Pez. These are the, these are the wins that Essendon can't afford to lose, and they didn't lose, so they check one. Two, they need to put 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 North Melbourne away. They're going to be, you know, fighting for a top eight spot. They're going to be very close on points. You need the percentage builder. You're playing the last team in the league. They haven't won, you know, many games at all. Take care of business. Get a 30, 40-point win. Take control. Demoralise them. And put yourself in a confidence stride going into next week and going into this week against GWS who are coming off a loss. Like, that's what you need to do. Yeah, and both those sides can get stuffed. They're not going to make the eight, so we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Collingwood versus Carlton. Carlton winning by 29 points in the end. Speak about comebacks. Uh, Carlton really had to turn it on, kicking six goals in the last quarter. Uh, to zero goals for Collingwood to actually come over the top and win by 29 points. It looked like Collingwood had this comfortably up by four goals earlier in the day source. And uh, Carlton just able to turn it around. A lot of Carlton fans actually, I know, that actually turned the TV off, walked away, didn't even want to continue watching it. But Sam Walsh, 39 disposals and that beautiful goal uh, in the pocket there. He is an absolute machine. Everyone's talking about him going past Cripps. He's probably went past Cripps uh, a bit earlier this year. Or already as their best player. No Crips, he's on the sideline. Uh, to come out and come back against Collingwood, uh, you'd say it's a good win for, for two sides that are pretty poor. Uh, I think it's a great win for Carlton because, as you said, uh, and I was much the same pairs. I'm not a Carlton fan, but I did turn off the TV at three-quarter time because their performance was abysmal. Like, they, they were never in this game. And then when I was on my walk, I looked at the, the <laughs> looked at the KO, jumped on it, and I'm like... Shit, they're up by 17 points. Like, what, what happened there? And Harry McKay went nuts in that last quarter as well. But it was Sam Walsh. And he is an absolute superstar, Pez. But they need these performances for four quarters. Because Carlton, very much during the year, they dropped a game earlier in the year to Collingwood that they could have could have been there. They could be talking about a top eight, top eight finish. And that's where a lot of people had them at the start of the year. This list, and they went out and recruited. But, you know, going on their performance for the weekend... 
Same thing that we've been speaking about for three years. Inconsistency for four quarters. Oh. Put four quarters together, get the job done early, and then if you want to, to lay off in the last quarter and chill or whatever the hell is, is wrong with Carlton that continually keep them out of games, do that then. Well, Take care of business earlier. I know that it seems like we're echoing that, Piz, but it's not that hard. This is what you've got to do as a Carlton side who are meant to be up and coming. They've got all the younger guys that are the, you know, their top-tier players. Uh, they need to put the sides below them away. Collingwood is below them to be down by four goals uh, going into that uh, second half is, is not good enough. Um, Carlton dropping a few games this year that they should have won. As you said, could have been in the eight, could have been in an eight spot there uh, above Essendon and below West Coast because they could have won uh, two or three throughout the year and, and let other ones slip. But Carlton have to continue to try and develop. Are they going to continue to try and recruit and put people around or are they going to just uh, develop what they've got? It's interesting to see what they do in the offseason because... Yeah, you got to call it. Their season is over unless they can put something miraculous uh, together. But not not a great performance. Great win by twenty nine points, but not a great performance for the overall game. No, no, and that's what we we, we evaluating them on is those four quarters, Pez. And you say that their season's over, but Pez, they're four points out of the eight. We, we, and like yep, we, we, we should be talking about them as a sixth spot because we, we've talked about you know a range of different losses that they've had throughout the year that they've just had a, a quarter lapse or, or two quarters lapse or even just 10 minute periods where they've just been blown out of the water you're surprised that I'm saying Carlton's out of the eight I've said Essendon season's over they're in the eight at the moment yeah no faith in Essendon <laughs> it's all about the Carlton but they've got they've got a pretty decent sort of run home pairs they've got North Gold Coast, uh, Port Adelaide, GWS and St Kilda. So they could probably get two or three wins out of that if they put together four quarters. But if they put together four quarters, Piers, you could see them win all five. Oh, win all five and you reckon they can make it? If they win all five. Get around get, Carlton. Get, get, around Carlton. Right, get around the Blue Bay. They're coming. They're coming. They're finally, They're coming. finally <laughs> the, the promotion <laughs> from 2001 <laughs> is finally hitting into fruition, Piers. But yep. uh, let's, let's get on to the next game, which was, uh, wasn't was a great game to watch, Piers, but the Eagles do snap uh, a bit of a lose streak and they can continue to be in the top eight despite their last month of being you pretty what atrocious. What they continue to do? They didn't kick a goal in the first quarter. So what is wrong with West Coast? Like... They've got a decent list uh, on paper, do, but do they, it doesn't, they, it doesn't look like it, does I it? I feel like they don't anymore. I feel like we're continually saying that they, they've got a decent list. I think their list is is, is done. I think I think they'll be looking to rebuild. I, mean, I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make finals. Both of us had them missing. Yo Did you have Gaff, them missing finals? Yo Gaff, Kelly Shuey with Nat Nui rucking. Yeah, wrong wrong age. Wrong age of twenty. You got, you got Sheed as well. Wrong side of twenty. That's a good midfield. Yeah, but they're, but they're done. They've been worked like like you look at those names pairs. And look at all the top four side, like the top four, top eight sides. What makes West Coast West Coast? They're just good individual players. They haven't really got a system. They've got a forward line that you know ne they're never firing at the same time. When they're up and about, they're up and about. But they haven't been up and about in in two months. They can't win away from from. Um, they need to get Perth. the vaccine. What 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 makes West Coast a, a final side? Like if you go through all the final sides that we talk about, there you talk about you know the structure, you talk about the individual forward lines, you talk about the defence. With West Coast, they've just got names, and that that to me is not enough. And we need to continually stop saying that they're a good side because they're not going to be playing in Perth as much. They, they've lost that opportunity. They drop. They can't win out of Melbourne. There's a range of things that aren't contributing to them being a good side anymore. Pez, very very nervous playing them this week over in Perth as a St Kilda fan. Nah, you get the win that one, Pez. <laughs> oh, you'd want to hope so after you're giving that the little win, spiel about the their list, but. Uh, I, I do hope you were right. But yeah, nothing game. They won by 42 points, solidify their spot in the eight uh, game clear. But uh, they're one that could drop out. 
in the end. The last well, we've game. been saying that for a month, and somehow they're still hanging alive. That, that's how bad some of these teams sitting from like ninth to fourteenth have just absolutely butchered oh, a finals type because that's their first teams. win in four weeks, Bears, and they're still hanging alive at seventh. Those teams from, as I said, tenth to fourteenth. Uh, well, probably ninth from 14th, are kicking themselves that they've let opportunities slip. They could have be looking at a top four, top eight finish. Or kicking themselves like the GWS Giants, drawing to north, losing a couple of games, being up six goals to one in the first quarter here, and then Sydney just took over and absolutely dominated the game, uh, winning by 26 points very comfortably in the end. Uh, the Giants were on absolute fire. They had six straight on the board, and uh, you thought, geez, this is a big lead. I don't know what's what's happening here, but um, Sydney just couldn't get anything going in that first quarter. Turned around, got it all going from the second quarter onwards. Yeah, really concerning for for Sydney early on, Pez. But you think maybe the the three different venues that they'd played they had uh, scheduled for that game, the the five late changes. Um, <laughs> do you think maybe that might have anything to do with it? Well, Their heads you look in at it? the late changes. You had Mills, who's a big name for Sydney, being the laid out, but you had Toby Green on the other side. So as Sydney side, you're going in there. Toby Green's, you know, everyone knows he's the barometer of uh, GWS. And uh, he wasn't there. And you, you'd think Sydney are going to come out and absolutely smash him here, but it, it didn't happen. The line uh, continued to drift out. And, and Sydney got the job done in the end and were very impressive in doing it. But uh, I don't know if you worry about that in the first quarter. Buddy got another four, so he could get his thousands this year, Source, and uh, another four goals. Uh, it's a fifty for him not to get it and $2.60 for him to get it for this year, Pez. Where, where would you be putting your money? Uh, he can get it. What's he got to get? 20 more goals. 20 more goals. About There's five, five games left games regular season. He's going to play finals. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. That's actually bad. not bad odds, actually. Yeah, 260. good. I'd have to look at the draw. And we well, they play, go- they they play Gold Coast in the last round. We, oh, we, there, we, there we, we nah, said there's 10. <laughs> money for VBs right Money there, for VBs. It? You heard it here first. We'll but go there. But it, it was an interesting swing of the game, Pez, because they looked done and dusted in that first quarter. As you said, they, they, they kicked the I think they kicked the first goal and then um, GWS piled on five and they just didn't touch the footy. They looked they looked slow. They looked you know drained. It looked like they were really fatigued and they looked like Robottom who had already played the game the day before but then that second or that third quarter they they just just blew them away and it was a total different brand of footy everything connected and it looked like they'd swapped jerseys at halftime piece because GWS looked fatigued they were looking for motivation from some of their senior players that they couldn't get they were they were butchering the ball they had you know they there was one time that I think the ball was turned over three or four times by GWS and they just couldn't get, you know, Sydney couldn't get their hands on it, but they just continually gave Sydney opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and eventually they made them pay. Yeah, it, was, uh, it would have been hard to watch as a Giants fan, but uh, we conclude round 18 there. We do have to do our next segment and talk about uh, our betting review source, but then we can get into round 19 and, and what's ahead. Review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Oh, you've decided not to talk there, Pez. Yeah, you've gone away from the hosting of the show and you're leaving it all to source. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you got? We saw what happened last week when we left it all to source. Yeah. <laughs> Let's definitely put it back to you, Pez. Let's uh, it was no good. Our, our, our results are up on uh, Twitter, at Behind the Bound. Uh, you can see him up there. So we'll go through our round source and then we'll have a look at the results uh, for this round and also the season. And the big thing the fans are after is an explanation for those emojis. It's not okay. a, not just you, not just the fans, Pez. <laughs> I have got a couple of bones to pick with you with this bet slip. Uh, not very impressed with it at all, Pez. All right, we'll start off with uh, the 
Thursday night game. It was a Thursday night, wasn't it? Fremantle Geelong. So we've already spoken about the game source. So just our bets. Uh, mine was a, mine was a big tick. The max fifty uh, returned a hundred. Got the two dollar odds. Tommy Stewart to have his twenty plus. Geelong to win, and then the the plus line for extra free money. Pretty much there. Uh, Pez, yeah. I don't know which show I said it on last week. With the one that went into to the, the recording studio and went out to the fans, or the other one. But I said this was free money, money for VBs. I had the max fifty on Geelong head to head at a dollar eighty. Absolute money for jam, money for VBs. Put your house on it. It's a shame we have a fifty dollars limit, Pez, because yeah. I don't understand that one at all. It was a great start. It was a great start. And uh, the line in this game, it actually went out uh, in Richmond's favour to plus, which was really, really good. But I had a disposal market, as I spoke about last week. Lockie Neal twenty five plus, Humor Cluggage twenty plus, Jaden Short twenty plus, all pretty easily in the end. Twenty five dollars on that return, fifty six. I had twenty five on Lockie Neal to to get twenty. Uh, Jack Real to kick two or more. We know he kicked six, and unfortunately, the Brisbane line at minus thirteen and a half uh, never looked like hitting that during the game. But I escaped with a bonus bet, Pez. Oh, you got a bonus bet to use this week. The next game was the Giants versus Sydney, but it actually wasn't because that got me, that went to the Sunday. I don't know what was happening with that game but I I was really disappointed in this I had Sydney halftime full-time uh, at a dollar eighty, they had pumped the odds up a bit, but they didn't show up and they were down by uh, six goals to one at quarter time so that bet was no good yeah, we spoke on the show last week on the Wednesday night before that none of these uh, bets probably were going to be uh, allowed to stand. But Yours Ned's, <laughs> Ned's uh, has this ridiculous thing that if the venue has changed, then it doesn't matter. The bet stands. And I had a big argument with Ned's, uh, the nice person oh, on no. there. I had two arguments, actually, because I didn't like the way that the first guy was talking to me. So I uh, hung up on him and jumped up another live <laughs> chat and had the same thing. And uh, yeah, the bet stayed, even though the venue had changed. And um, I originally went the under 139.5 in a three-league same game multi um, because I thought the game was going to be played in uh, the cold Ballarat with the swelling winds and uh, it actually wasn't so that really threw off my bet uh, only hitting one leg Sydney plus seven and a half and the other one was the race to 15 and we know the five goal start from GWS put that to bed so oh, no winning that one and Pez not happy with Ned's no no that's not good when we we keep getting not happy with a lot of different agencies here uh, so. it's just more about the ridiculous Pez like think about it the venue and the argument the guy said to me he goes oh the venue's not that important and I well, bullshit. <laughs> the venue is extremely important. He goes, yeah, but how do we know that you didn't? You don't want to change a bit because of the ins and outs? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I put it on the Wednesday. The teams were announced, and then the venue was changed. I said, I think that you should void the bets. And he's like, no, no, no. There could have been some big ins and big outs. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, they got their money from you, Shit. Source. They uh, did. Gold, Coast, Gold Coast versus the Bulldogs. I had the minus 24 and a half, and when Gold Coast kicked those first three goals, I thought... Might be a bit hard here, but Bulldogs still had opportunities to do that and couldn't do it for me and they lost the max 50. Yeah, I had 25 on a three-league same-game multi. Uh, Swallow to get 15, Swallow to get 20, and Gold Coast 37.5. Really a two-legger there. Um, and I, I thought Swallow was in, in danger there. He looked he, didn't he, look, he, he looked horrible. He looked he was, horrible he was early. He 13. They moved him into the midfield in that oh. last quarter and it was uh, thankful for me because it was a nice little return of 52-50 pits. I was surprised he had to put the tick on that because I thought that was a loss when I was looking at it. Yeah, um, I, was, I, I didn't game. think that was going to be the worrying line. I thought yeah. more was the actual 37 and a half when they, they sort of broke that game open. But yeah, it was, was definitely swallowing some uh, deep breaths there, Piz. Uh, <laughs> next game, stayed away from this. Melbourne a dollar eight, and uh, they had the draw in the end, but you had something. I did. I had the Hawthorne hack, as I'm calling it, Piz. Oh. <laughs> the Hawthorne hack uh, for the cheeky and the alliteration comes got pretty out. Got pretty close. Uh, I had Bailey Fritch and the Hawthorne hack is that they allow teams to score four or more goals. 
um, individual players, their forward lines all the time. So I had Bailey Fritch to get four. He kicked 3-1 and had three goals early when they were up by a fair chunk. And I thought, you know what, this is money for jam. Uh, Christian Salem to get 20, which he did, and Oliver to get 25. So I escaped with a $10 bonus bet pairs, but disappointing that I couldn't make it uh, three weeks in a row hitting the Hawthorne hack. Whoa, that would have been good, but uh, Bailey Fritch couldn't <coughs> salute. Uh, you didn't even have them for the win, so they could have drawn and it uh, still would have happened. That's uh, very disappointing. Uh, next game was the St Kilda game. So I had my uh, six-leg cheeky where I just went <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Uh, got four legs out of six, Sauce. So I missed out on Dan Butler to pot two goals. He had one pretty early and missed out on the St Kilda minus four and a half, which was super disappointing just because uh, they, they were in that game. Uh, they were up by a point and they probably should have uh, ran away with it, but didn't. They should have definitely won that. Pez, really disappointed in St Kilda. I was happy with my bet. $2.01 favourite, or outside as they were. $25 playing outside of uh, Adelaide. I thought that was going to be a win. It should have been a win, Pez. So disappointing from St Kilda more than my bet. Yeah, my next bet's really disappointing. North Melbourne versus Essendon. I was like, oh, look, I've got only one bet on the on the Sunday here. I'll put another one on, on the live bet. So I, I chucked 20 bucks on uh, Zach Merritt to have 30 plus. I put... Zach, Jack Zebel to have 20 plus and Essendon minus 18.5. So I didn't put the minus 22 and a half, which was offering. I put it down a little bit because I thought, you know what, Essendon aren't very good. Uh, <laughs> Merritt got his 30, got 39. Zebel, 19 kicks, zero handballs. Oh, missed ouch, out. Ouch. Missed out by a disposal there. He had hardly any disposals in the first half, Jack Zebel. Essendon weren't going down there and kicking behinds. And uh, Essendon minus 18.5 ended up winning by 18 points. So that lost by a 0.5 as well. No Ooh, good. So 1.5 you lost overall. Yeah. <laughs> I had no bet in that one, Pez, because as we said, North Melbourne are no good and uh, Essendon are going to finish bottom four eventually uh, once everything's done and dusted because they're going to finish ninth or tenth, which is the same as bottom four. No yeah. finals for them. So no bet for me. Well, well, prime time here. <laughs> Collingwood versus Carlton. Uh, we both probably thought we were losing this one at three quarters yep, time. Definitely. Uh, I had my bonus bet on Carlton and I put the line out further, minus 17 and a half. Well, you would, should have seen me when we were down. Collingwood went up by 24 points. We, so we were down. You jumped on the Carlton bandwagon. Car- when I've got Pez my money coming. on him, when I've got my money on him, I'm coming. So uh, We is the collective, the football team you're punting big, on. <laughs> big turnaround, nearly uh, over 50 point turnaround for Carlton there. So I got 47.50 from that. So that was good. No, and this is exactly how I called it, Pez. Uh, Collingwood would lead for three quarters, and I thought that they <laughs> would uh, come back in the last, and I had any other result. As predicted, Pez, this went straight to plan. No fear at all. 25 on the nose. Yep. Two buck return doubled up. Yep, not much interest for us in the Adelaide West Coast game because we both didn't have a bet, but we did have our multi. So my multi source, I had the Bulldogs to win. They beat the Gold Coast Suns. Had Carlton to win with that comeback and had West Coast to win at $1.68, which I thought was... Uh, a decent price, uh, even though it's West Coast and they've been struggling. Uh, 25 on that. Returned 95.50 because they all won, so green tick. Yeah, and I've just clicked on your little emoji there that you've put there, Pez. It's the soccer ball. The soccer ball for the draw. Because I had Geelong, Sydney and Melbourne. And Geelong tick, Sydney tick and Melbourne, the dollar eight shortest uh, price oh, of the round. So you don't return anything? No, because they don't have the draw market there. So it is not a cross. Uh, it was a draw. So I get a uh, a push, I think they call it in the betting world. Is that correct, Pez? That's correct. And what they do is they half the whole bet's odds, even though the other two legs have got up. And um, I mean, I'll take the win because I, I returned. So what happens if I put a bet on Melbourne head-to-head? Uh, you get a draw, so you get half results of whatever the price is. So if it's a dollar eight, you would get. Uh, so if I put a hundred bucks on it, it's going to return a hundred and eight. I only get fifty four bucks. Fifty four bucks back, yeah. So re- re- so it's not quite a push where you would get all your money back. 
No. Yeah. Is that, is that what a push is where you a get all the back? push where you get back, yeah. Okay, so yeah, not to be. But what they do, in, so in that scenario there, you get the 54 cents Melbourne, and that's what it pays out at. Jesus. Not what happens with when you put it in a multi. So they just half the whole bet. So I had odds of $2.90 in there. With a dollar seventy-seven with Sydney and uh, sorry, a dollar seventy-seven with Geelong, dollar fifty-two with um, so you Sydney, return? thirty-six twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty pretty disappointing, <laughs> realistically. But well, uh, it's not a loss. It was a seven dollars something win. I don't know how disappointing it is because you won, but you you what you put in one of your legs it didn't happen. Melbourne to win, they didn't win. Well, they didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, it's not the loser compares. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go to the results for the round. Uh, I staked 205, returned 299. Disappointing in that uh, max 50 that was lost there on the Western Bulldogs. So an ROI of 31% uh, for the season, $3,435, returned $3,602.55 for a return on investment, 4.87%. Uh, not too happy about that, but you'll go through yours and then we'll do the emojis. We will. Uh, so stake for the round, 210 returned, 228.75. So that little extra. Oh, you're lucky with that little, little uh, draw. <laughs> exactly right. ROI of 8.92%. So jumping up 0.4% for the for the round totals. Uh, stake for the year, 3,100 returned, 3,360.79. 8.41% overall for the year, Pez. So still floating, getting closer to that 10. And... I know why you've put the fishing emoji, Pez. Why? Because you're fishing for banter with the shit-ass one that you put <laughs> in there. I looked at this seven or eight times on my phone. I thought it was a turtle. I didn't know what it was. I, I, I don't even know what it is really. Is it an acorn? What is it? No, it's, a, it's an look army at you, helmet. Look at you squinting as you're looking at your phone. You have no idea what that Ar- is. Army helmet because uh, you, you don't get the hard hat source because you, you said you're on your way. You, you know, you're building the hotel. You want the builder. You don't deserve the builder. You're on You're on 8.41. You get the army hat because you're still in battle. You still have to prove yourself. You still have to try and survive. I was waiting to see some plans there. Maybe like some, you know, little, uh, const- the construction hat would have been perfect because it's, it's. I've got my plans there, Pez. I've got the land space there. You're running I'm, out of time. I'm not running out of time. Five minutes ago, it's perfect. And the army hat is rubbish. It's it's absolutely crap. No, I, I, I love that. I love the word <laughs> you from me. It, the media I, I, I rate it. Um, and the reason, not because I'm fishing for a bit of banter there. Where, mate, fishing for banter because I'm fishing to try and stay alive. I'm sitting there on the beach and I've got nothing else to eat, so just fish. I'm trying to make fire with uh, sticks and rocks oh. with my bare hands, so I'm, I'm really struggling. It's quite cold. Well, I had the army hat, Pez, because I blew up all the land around it to, to make way for oh, my. So now new- you want the army hat, do no, you? I don't want it. I just I've blown it up, so all the fish are dead, Pez. So if you can't get the meal this week from all the fish just floating onto the beach, you are in strife, Pez. So I might not even have to put get my line out, my stick, my little stick fishing well, you, rod. Well, depends how you punt this week, Pez. Will depend whether you eat or not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. You're not. I might be floating out in the ocean. I hope not. But um, all right, we'll get into round nineteen and get into our bet slip. Let's talk about the future. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Now bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want, do you want some as well? And yeah, I, I do, sorry. Oh, yes! 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 You ran into Shorey the other week, didn't you? Yeah, well, then I yeah, well, saw him. You saw him? Yeah. Did you, give, did you offer him a little little piece of the action? No. Cheeky 10? Hey, he, he can bet on it now. He can? He can bet on did it. Did you now. ask him for some tips? He wasn't well, very good for that tip. <laughs> I don't even know. If he, he'd be good at tips at down at Collingwood with uh, 2010, the first goal scorer, Gold Sack. Oh, on that replay. Was, yeah, that was good. There we go. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Which you gave us the heads up. What's, what's the first thing we do, Sauce? What are you doing? First thing we do is we go through the specials, Pez. So let's uh, get the specials going. 
Sinhalem takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, a bit out of it. Not not knowing what's going on. But I don't know exactly what's going on. That that was flawless. Uh, specials are going to go the same as always. Uh, sports bet. You got the first to, uh, kick a goal in the first two minutes, and you win on the Friday night. So you can piss off with that. And they've, they don't have the uh, three plus. Like same game multi for every round yet. They still haven't bought it out. So there's stuff to over to tab. Three plus league same game multi for Port Adelaide versus Collingwood, Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs, Geelong versus Richmond. Probably have to take advantage of some of those. Uh, and the three plus league head to head, same, uh, not multi, so round multi. So head to head games, you choose three, put them in a multi together. Uh, you get bonus bet if one of them loses. We head over to Lads. They got $2 lines for Port Adelaide versus Collingwood and so do Neds. And you can also put that in your same game multi source, as you, you said the other week. And Port Adelaide, Collingwood, three plus league, same game multi over at Neds. Uh, and, and that's all I've got. That's all you've got? That's all I've got. It's a bit disappointing that Sportsbet haven't uh, bought that out yet. And they seem to be bringing that out uh, halfway through the round and don't sort of, they keep it on the low down pairs. But last week we uh, we elected to go with Sportsbet after a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm not really sure what happened there. I think I don't really can't really put my finger on what was uh, yep. what the problem was. And I did go through tab last week, and I'm going to do the same this week, Pez. I am going to, to oh, because they've got the most uh, same gamers for us. They have got the most uh, same gamers for us, so they're the the team that, or I guess the company that I'm going to. Their website isn't as friendly <laughs> as it, so you will have to bear with me as I sort of navigate through two different screens. Oh, we well had practice last week, but I had a lot of practice last week. So um, let's the one thing you're forgetting is you've actually notified me of this. Is Finstar, listener of the show, has uh, actually given us one of the one of the things. I log on. I log on to PointsBet every week to try and look at the specials, and they say your account doesn't have any specials. So at least they tell me that I don't. Uh, but Finster's Finster's account apparently does, and he says uh, Port and Lions to win by a combined forty points on PointsBet, paying three bucks. And apparently, he's apologised about the delay. It's been about what a month and. Since he's had to do it, I mean, he's, that, he's, that's been, all. he's an Essendon supporter, so they've been celebrating the last month. So <laughs> that's all. Back to reality. This week, after a struggled win over North, he realises where his season is. He can put the heart on. Uh, that's all <laughs> he can come up with. That's uh, that's shocking. But um, Port Adelaide uh, take on Collingwood, so they could have a big win there, and Brisbane take on Gold Coast. So I don't mind that at all. So I'll have to try and see if my alternate account is available in the next what. 20 minutes or so and see if I can put that on. <laughs> Which uh, I think might be a little bit hard, Pez, because the alternate account I know is not home <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> uh, despite having the bedroom in the living room there, Pez, is not home. So let's get into the first one. The Friday night clash. Another thing that's disappointing is no Thursday night football. Yeah. So really disappointing. They're going to be competing against the uh, the Olympic opening ceremony. So they better put on a decent show, Pez, because they're, they're going to be head-to-head with that. And I haven't got the odds for it, but I know where my money is going to be with what I'm watching. Uh, the footy? The footy. <laughs> I'll have the ceremony on another device. One of the seven screens I've yep. got growing for the weekend, Pez. We get into Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. Port Power, the favourites at $1.23. Um, Collingwood, the outsiders at $4. The line has gone out, Pez. It is now out to minus 23.5 with Ooh. a couple of big inclusions for big, Port Adelaide. Big, Yeah, Frederick uh, is omitted. Liner omitted. Mays omitted. And McEntee omitted for Port Adelaide. In comes Zach Butter, Xavier Dersma and Connor Rosie. So three massive names for Port Adelaide. Uh, We've got a debutant, Jack... What's this? Ginevan. Jack Ginevan for a debut. Finlay McRae. And Anton Tohill, two two debutants. There two, we go. That's and uh, Callum Brown is injured. Hoskin Elliott as well, main injured, and Josh Thomas injured. So uh, new new blood for Collingwood and old blood and uh, successful blood for Port Adelaide. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how we go there. What have you got? It's all about the blood. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say. Uh, the over under for that game I forgot to mention was one fifty five point five because of Tab's <laughs> terrible app. Uh, we to, don't need to worry to about filter that. through that. Pez for this game. Um, I've gone with. 
something not really cheeky, Pez, but I have uh, used a bonus bet in this game. Um, I've gone for big odds. I've gone with Neds. I had a $25 bonus bet from last week. Travis Spokes, 300, Pez, and I'm I'm a big person for, for milestones. I reckon he's going to have put on an absolute show. Pick six like Rewalt. So I've got him to get 25 or more. Port Adelaide's line jumped on earlier in the week at minus 17.5, so huge line that for could, that You one. could get that earlier in the day. Easily, easily. And I've got him to kick a goal. So he he sneaks forward a little bit. He comes out of that midfield. Uh, The inexperience from Collingwood, I think, will open up that forward line. He'll have a ping, and they'll try to get around him and get him a nice one. Uh, That is odds of... $8.77 $8.77 and 25 bonus bet on that one, Pez. Oh, there you go. Uh, a couple of them, same as mine, because I've gone Neds with the the special that they've got on the Friday night uh, with the same game multi back. I've got Port Adelaide in there, minus 17.5. That's $2 by itself on, on yeah, Neds great, as well, which is money. why I had to go with that. Uh, and I've put two very, very low odds. Travis Spoke to get 20 plus, Ollie Wines to get 20 plus, uh, just, for, so just so I can have that insurance. Oh, actually, Ollie Wines, 25 plus there. He didn't have any. 20 plus markets. So 25 was his first. $2.34, max 50 on that. Oh, max 50 straight up. You love the max 50 on the on the Friday night, Pez, or the first game of the round. Is that because you got on. the most information or you just want to start off things with a lot, uh, win? I, I just like this game. I like that line at 17 and a half. 17 and a brilliant line. Love brilliant it. Line. Yeah, we can, both in agreement on that. And uh, we'll head to the next game. And uh, during this, my alternate account has just come back into the, into <laughs> the game. So uh, I think I'm going to put that special down. Source in the um, Port Adelaide Collingwood game. <laughs> well, I don't even know where I'm going to put it. Maybe I can put it in the in the Brisbane Gold Coast game. You have to put it in later. the Brisbane one, I think. It have to be that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wait, wait and see for that. Uh, the next game is Carlton versus North Melbourne. Yeah, we have uh, Carlton coming in as favourites, dollar forty-five. Outsiders, North Melbourne, bottom of the ladder, two seventy. The line is minus thirteen and a half, and the total points over under for the game total is one sixty-five and a half pairs, and that's a dollar ninety. We did talk about this last week. The tab have different dollar ninety, dollar eighty, dollars uh, sixty. But they're both a dollar ninety. Both a dollar ninety. So. Get on that one, maybe. No, I won't get on that one. Um, Carlton versus North. Uh, if I had to go something, I'll probably back Carlton at the line there. So, so just thinking that uh, Tarrant goes out. They do get Ben Cunnington back in uh, North, but you got to think Carlton just have to try and take advantage of this. And uh, realistically, they could uh, head head on into the eight, couldn't they? Uh, they probably won't with their percentage, but they, they possibly could set themselves up for a nice run home, Pez. This is one of those wins that they need to sort of take care of business. $1.45 is not bad odds for Carlton where they're sitting. Um, I don't mind the line either, uh, but I would probably be leaning towards any other result. That's my uh, my uh, puffer that's just fallen to the oh, floor. There you <laughs> so you're probably looking into the, any other result uh, of uh, the quarter time leader with uh, Carlton's inconsistency, but no bet for me officially in that game. We had oh, on, in agreements on that. There you go. Yeah, two for two, Pez. Here we go. We know what you're doing in this one, Pez. The Brisbane versus Gold Coast game. Uh, Brisbane coming as favourites at dollar twenty, and the outsiders in Gold Coast are four forty. The line is twenty eight and a half for that one, and the total over under points a dollar ninety each way is a uh, one sixty and a half points. Yeah. So uh, the elite odds. I've just got it sent to me. Uh, from from the alternate account there. So uh, we've put that there. Got little bots working for you in the background there, Bez. It's a very well-oiled machine, this business. It means uh, Port Adelaide and Brisbane obviously both have to win and must win by a combined margin of 40 points. So uh, if Brisbane won by a point and Port Adelaide won by 39 plus, then that would uh, get up, I'd imagine. 
Yeah, thanks. Quick maths there, Pez. Thanks for spelling that one out for me. Yeah, so I'll 25 down would get 75 return. <laughs> oh, look at you go. Maths genius over here. Uh, I do like that one, Pez. It's a shame I don't like points bet and I'm banned from them. I actually had a conversation with them today asking, uh, it's been three years since uh, I've had a review of my account and wondering if I was available for promotions. And do you know what they told me? No. They told me the website was down. So, oh. so I gave a nice little surprise there. Thanks for, for telling me stuff that does not really relevant to me. You can't use it. No, I still can't use it. Still banned from promotions. Uh, for me, I've gone with sports bet, and I'm hoping that they do turn on the three-leg same-game multis in this one, pairs. But if not, pretty confident in this one either way. So hoping for the bonus bets to become into play a little bit later. But I've gone 25 on the nose. Jared Lyons to get 25, Human College to get 20, and Graham Birchall to get 15 or more. He's been tearing it up lately in there. So Very don't mind that. Good. Gives me $2 odds and a 25 on that one, as I said. Oh, there you go. And uh, I think Brisbane will win by a lot in that game. And uh, we head over to Western Australia for the next one. We do, Pez. In the next one, we've got West Coast Eagles taking on St Kilda. The head-to-head markets are $1.42 for the Eagles and two eighty outside is your Saints, Pez. The line is 15 and a half. And the over-under for this one, Pez, is one fifty-eight and a half, and that is $1.90 each way. Yeah, uh, very disappointed in this one, Source. Uh, what, your bet or the, the nah, line? Just the, just the game uh, as overall. It's about 6.25. I've been pretty down since then, actually, an hour and nine minutes because St Kilda, you've lost this game at selection because oh. uh, Bytel's been omitted. He was the medi-sub last week. Tom Highmore, he's been playing fantastically. He's injured. Uh, Rowan Marshall managed in brackets next to him. Season on the line, playing away against West Coast. Rowan Marshall is managed. And Dan McKenzie injured. So we know when Roland Marshall and Paddy Ryder don't play in the same team, St Kilda struggle. We get Oscar Claverino back in. Nick Caulfield's coming back in. And this player here, Paul Hunter, a, a ruckman, really struggled with his form this year. Uh, a big a lump of a lad who doesn't move very smoothly on top of the grass. And uh, I, I don't think we, we may need the double ruck. Maybe Ryder by himself. Put in, put in someone else who can pinch hit or something like that. We've got two two Ruckman there. I don't think they're going to work the same. If St Kilda beat West Coast here, West Coast are seriously dead because there's no no way that um, St Kilda should be able to win this game without Ron Marshall in that side. So just a bit of a, a spiel about that game and the and the ins and outs source. No, I love it, Pez, because I totally disagree with you. Um, the, I agree with the fact that West Coast are dead. Um, I I do agree that uh, they are going to struggle in that ruck with uh, Rowan Marshall out because he, him and Paddy Ryder in that, that team is a pivotal part of uh, St Kilda's success. But I think they can get the job done. I think that, as I said earlier in the pod, West Coast are in turmoil. They are in no hope of, of making finals. They're going to drop this game. It'll be a huge loss. For Jeez, them. I hope I'm wrong and you are right. Yep, uh, and you will be, Pez, just like my, most things, like our toss-up, like our overall punting percentage, like everything, Pez. Just I'm, I'm the winner, you're the loser. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't care what I lose. If, if we can win this game, that'd be good. Uh, so here's my cheeky. I put a five-legger in, and um, originally I was going to have St Kilda in this uh, to win at the $2.80. Love it, love it. They've gone out to two ninety four, and I just can't put my money on them without uh, Rowan Marshall in that side. So I've just gone disposal markets here. Brad Crouch to get 30 disposals. Andrew Gaff to get 25 or more. Tim Kelly to get 20 or more. Brad Hill to get 20 or more. And Liam Duggan to, to collect 15 uh, playing in that back line. Maybe pinch hit in that midfield as well. Altogether, 575 uh, staked a cheeky 10 on it. Oh, you spoke, stank the cheeky, did you? Yeah. Um, actual cheeky or the actual cheeky? Actual cheeky. Cheeky. I'm, I'm not in the mood after seeing the teams to be pressing buttons and things like that. So. Oh. Okay, 
Sorry, sorry to get you down there, Pez. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've included. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm excited, Pez. I'm not excited for the I'm excited for the game, obviously, and I'm excited for my bet. A little disappointed in your, um, I guess, attitude towards this one and thinking that you've already lost it at selection. Because yes, whilst uh, it is not the ideal um, solution to manage one of your keys to success, I think St Kilda can get this done. Um, but I am excited, Pez, because Sportsbet just checks the feed. Then three legs same game multis are back, which means that last bet that I was hoping for with the same game um, multi. Special. I do have a little bit of insurance on that one, and I've gone the same route this one. So I've gone Brad Hill to get twenty, Jack Skill, Jack Steele, sorry, to get twenty-five, and I've chucked a sneaky head-to-head St Kilda in there for the victory pairs. Three dollars sixty, whack twenty-five on it. Would you look at that? Heard it here first. <laughs> the, is it every game? All matches this round up to three refunds per game. So they've come with the good sports bet. Uh, you can switch over to them now. Yeah, I can. If you want to, to read the odds for the rest of the games. Oh, I might actually do that because there's a lot better website to navigate around, a lot easier for me. So well, give me two seconds to get that up, Pez. Well, uh, well, that's good to know for if I need to put down a live bet throughout because obviously I didn't use uh, sports bet uh, in the pre-show because uh, they didn't have that offer out there. So uh, that's West Coast St Kilda for you. We'll go to game of the round, 1v2. 1v2, Pez. Uh, and the odds have already shifted in this one. This one started opening at the uh, this, you know last Sunday or whenever it opened up, $1.90 even way. Melbourne have come in as the favourites, $1.84, with some interesting selection choices from uh, Bevo and the Western Bulldogs. $2 outsiders in them, uh, minus 2.5 line, and over-under is 147.5, Pez. Who are you tipping in this one, Pez? Yeah. Uh, you speak about the selection source, so I will speak about that. James Harms comes in for Vandenberg, who's been omitted. Uh, but the big surprise is in the Western Bulldogs. You've got Crozier, McNeil, uh, who's omitted, Scott, who was a medic sub, and, and Dunkley, who's managed. You've got Mitch Hannon coming in, Tom Liberatore coming in, big in for them, and Josh Sackey. So the reason why that's strange source is because you've got Josh Bruce up forward, you've got Aaron Norton, you've now got Josh Sackey, you've got Mitch Wallace, who's still in there, uh, and then you've got Tim English who pushes forward as well. So are they trying to stretch this Melbourne defence of, of Lever and May or uh, what's happening? I'm not sure what the, what the thought process is behind this, Pez. Uh, it's a real gamble, and especially when there's so much at stake with the, with the top two, top three, top four finish online, those teams are sort of say, uh, you know leapfrogging across as the as the games are played. The winner of this obviously will go top being you know one of the first teams to play in that top four. But I don't understand the selection, Pez. And uh, to me, it's... The second time this season that the Western Bulldogs uh, are running a little bit scared, and they're they're putting the selection um, and they're showing some some fear, I guess. When lost, approaching lost Melbourne. it at selection, like yeah. St Kilda, you reckon? I just think it's I don't know if they've lost it at selection, but I just think it's an interesting move going tall against Melbourne. Yeah, well, we'll see. Oh, we'll wait and see for Saturday night prime time to see how that does go. Uh, I've put a three plus league same game multi with tab with the bonus bet back as well. Uh, I've put Jackson McRae and Oliver uh, uh, Clayton Oliver to get 20 disposals each. Okay, so they're my gimme legs there in, in barring injury. And the third leg that I've put in uh, is Western Bulldogs 1-39. to 39. I think they can get the job done. Uh, I might be, you know, losing my mind with always going against Melbourne in these top-of-the-table clashes because they seem to get the job done. But uh, I think the Bulldogs can win. They've, they've been... Uh, they were lost against Sydney a couple of weeks ago, uh, got over the line against the Gold Coast, and I think they really need to come out and prove and, you know, try and take that top spot in the ladder and build some confidence going into the end of the season. So that'll get me $2.50 and whack the max 50 on it. Um, yeah, interesting, Pez. I'm going uh, the opposite way. I said earlier in the show that Melbourne, we need to trust them against the top eight sides, and they continually prove themselves, and I bet you they let themselves down this week. I've gone with uh, the minus one and a half line on tab, ironically, because we've just changed. 
and tied it up with a little bit of insurance similar to what you've done there, Pez. So I've also got uh, Clayton Oliver to get 25 or more and a Jackson McRae to get 20 disposals there. I've whacked 25 on that one. We're sort of basically going head-to-head there, Pez. $2.30 are the odds for me, but just like you, if Melbourne can't pull it away the victory, we'll probably get a bonus bet with Tab. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd want to hope so. You've gone a little bit of 25-plus for Oliver. Yeah, a little, 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 little extra. You want to boost extra, it up a little bit? A little uh, 17 cents extra. What if he gets uh, 24 and uh, they don't get it? Miss out on your bonus bet there. So nah, we'll Mel- Melbourne's going to win, so it's, it's, it's fine. See what happens. Fine, uh, there, Piz. Next game, the, the Crows versus the Hawks. Uh, nothing for the final eight, but uh, a good battle this should be. Yeah, it should be a really good battle. Uh, and a uh, battle of um, the teams vowing for the, for the you know to avoid second last, I guess, because I think North Melbourne are going to tie that up. Adelaide are the outsiders, $2.37. Hawthorne, the favourites, $1.59. The line is minus 8.5, and, and the over-under total points is 162.5. Pez, bets for this one? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely not in this one at the moment. Maybe a live, especially with that um, sports bet, same game multi, three plus legs uh, there. Interesting, uh, interested to hear your thoughts here. You've got um, Chad Wingard and Scrimshaw coming back in, Hardwick, so big ins for Hawthorne. But Sean Burgoyne with the in brackets managed next to him. He's well, 400 games taken a toll. He's been playing for 20 years. Why are you managing him now? He's played 400 and something games. Why are we, why are we managing him now? Oh, I don't know. He's, he's got five games left in his year. career, and what they need to manage him to get through the last five. He's, he's not playing next season. Nah, that's uh, we're, we're not to the game that it's the next game. But David Mundy signed on for another year. Thirty-five. Sean years old. Burgoyne with the the rebuild that's happening there with Sam Mitchell there. They, oh, they might keep him on as one of those coaches. You know what? Similar to what Sam Mitchell did at West Coast for what to play like some games. Uh, play like a ten-day contract. Like they. Well, should've. if he wants to break the record, he knows what he needs to do. He's go to Gold Coast for his ten-year contract. Yeah, well, they also need to not manage him because he's going to need every game under his belt to, to break the record. And it's a bit disappointing that Hawthorne, Maybe he's a bit tired. the family club, the family club, they always harp on about the family club, that they couldn't do this for him and, and get him in the side in a game that really doesn't matter. Uh, you don't want to give people games, do you? You want to try and develop your list? Well, I think uh, this weekend someone's getting their 300th for coming on as the medical sub, Mark I, Murphy. Mark Murphy's going to get a game under his belt as the, the sub, yeah, most likely. And I don't like that. You know he's gonna he's probably gonna scrape his way to three hundred games through getting a couple of uh, medical subs. Yeah, and they'll they'll give it to him the three hundred games there. But yeah, no bet for me. Cheeky. I've gone cheeky, Pez. And you pressed the button at the start. I did. I'm confident about this one, Pez, because I've used the Hawthorne hack. Oh, (laughs) his text back. Text is back. Text is back. Big text will take absolute control, and this is where the actual who thought. Still thought. This is where it actually started because last. This is where their their games streaks of four or more goals kicked by a forward or the opposing forward is Phil thought last time kicked five five goals on debut basically. That, that was in um, Tasmania, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. So this game is not in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gone uh, big text to kick four. I've gone Rory Laird to kick. Uh, sorry, to, to kick thirty. No, I've got, 30. To, got him to get thirty disposals. And our Pine man, inch. our man Pez Ben Keys to get a lot of the pill too. 30. I've got my bonus He's 10 on that man. one. That's your man. He's my man. Bonus 10 on that one at odds of $7.96. So that is a little bit cheeky, Pez. And money for jam that one, not for VBs, because it is a bonus bet. So Hashtag I don't Hawthorne Hack. Hawthorne Hack, Pez. Get on, get on board. All right. We get on to the Sunday games. Sydney take on Fremantle. $1.30 favourites are the Swans. Outsiders, three fifty-seven of the Dockers. The line is minus 20.5. This is pushed out from originally 17 with some of the big ins from the Swans. Over, under is 159.5. Pez. Thoughts, bets, yeah. and predictions. Okay, uh, I can do that. Not in order because I'll say no <laughs> bets. So no bets at the moment, possibly later in the week. Uh, we've got the extended sides at the moment source with uh, Armity being omitted. You'd think either Sam Reid or Logan McDonald would come in for him. Uh, Lakers, uh, Acres omitted. 
Rory Lobb and Switkowski are both injured, but Tabiner will replace one of them and he'll come back in as Frio's spearhead there. Uh, it's up at Metricon, you said? Correct. Metricon Stadium. I think Sydney will win this pretty comfortably, especially after Fremantle being really disappointing last year. Not not the best team to travel either. So Sydney to win comfortably. Uh, maybe looking at a halftime, full-time team, if that can give me any any value or, or some form of alternate line and multi that up with a few things. So we'll keep that... Keep that in the in the mind for this re- weekend. Keep, keep that in the works, Pairs. I've got no bet for this one either, but I will be looking to make a live bet. Sydney on the live bet on the da- game day, jumping on sports bet and looking at the the players' um, individual disposal lines have been fantastic lately with Parker, Lloyd, Mills when he's playing, and I'll be definitely to include one of those on that game. All right, get on to the big Sunday clash, the big debate during the week, Pairs. Geelong versus Richmond. Where should this game be played? Um, I don't know, Mars Stadium. Mars Stadium. <laughs> Send them down the road. Send them down the road, if you reckon. Uh, yeah, ridiculous that they're not playing this game uh, in Geelong, despite no crowds being allowed into the MCG. But we will push on for that. Uh, some interesting reasons coming from the head of AFL for Yeah, you would why. think the only reason that they do play these games at the MCG, the big blockbusters, is to get a bigger crowd than uh, they can down at Cadinia Park. Apparently not, mate, because apparently when the games are played at MCG, the MCG has full um, rights over all the signage that goes around the ground. And when it's at Geelong, Geelong has the rights over it. So even despite... Being a Geelong home game, MCG control the the branding rights around the ground, and that's the reason it can't be moved. Oh, that's that's, that's the reason they've. Couldn't they say you have to put these brandings around? Do you think that'd be an easy solution? Wouldn't it? No, no, okay. Apparently not. not right, not so good. Geelong come in as favourites in this one, $1.37. Outsiders are Richmond, $3.14. Minus 16.5 is the line. And the over-under at the MCG is 154.5. Pez, oh. what are you doing here? Well, first off, the uh, injury news. We, we spoke about Dustin Martin being injured, but McIntosh also with a minor hamstring uh, will go out of the side as well. You'd think uh, Shane Edwards and Josh Caddy might come back in uh, to that side and no outs yet for Geelong but you'd think Gary Rowan will come back in and slot into that forward line so maybe someone on the outer there you probably you also hoping Zach Guthrie isn't one of those players coming back in uh, hopefully not I, I've gone a similar setup to my Melbourne versus Dogs bet with Tab because they've got the three plus league same game multi so I've gone Jaden Short to get 20 disposals uh, they like to get the ball in his hands he can kick it and uh, Tom Stewart, he's still value source at 20 disposals. Incredible on all, that he's still all at all 20. 20 uh, unbelievable. He gets nearly 25 a week. Uh, and then my th- third leg is the more risky one, but I think Geelong should win the game. And I don't think they're going to blow out this Tigers team even without Dustin Martin. So Geelong, uh, 1 to 39. Uh, that gets you odds of three bucks. So whack the max 50 on that as well with hopefully uh, a bonus back if I miss out on one of those legs. I don't mind that at all, Pez. I think that should be uh, some a good little uh, profit to your little island that you're there. So you might be able to eat this week. Put with the it. army hat on. Put the, you <laughs> won't need the army hat, Pez, because there'll be already some buildings there established. You might have to get the um, the old uh, rent slip out because I'll be, I'll, I'll let, might let you sleep, uh, sleep over in one Sleep of in the, the lobby. Sleep in the lobby. I used to let you sleep in the lobby <laughs> when I was on the 15th floor. <laughs> no, you didn't. You left the, left the door closed. <laughs> <laughs> saw me there scratching there. You gave me a, you gave me an umbrella and that was about it. I'm going with this one, Pez. Just straight up uh, the Geelong line, I think minus 15 and a half is really low. I've gone over to Ned's to get an extra point uh, and I've mac- whacked the max 50 on that one. Just uh, Geelong head-to-head, minus 15 and a half. I think they can get the job done. Well, there you go. Your cats are always betting on your cats there, Sauce. And, uh, and it's been profitable for me this year. <laughs> one, one more game. Uh, a team in the eight. 
against a team outside the gate vying for a position. Big clash, this one. Huge clash, this one, Piers, especially with the with some of the ins and outs coming in for both teams. Essendon are the favourites, $1.62. The Outsiders are GWS, $2.31, which is a very expensive sort of price, and I think that's uh, some absolute value there, Piers. Minus 7.5 is the line, and the over-under total points at Metricon Stadium is 162.5. Ah, uh, spewing. I just went on to my uh, – because my bet – is uh, on one of the sides to win. And you said GWS at 2.31. I got them at 2.20 earlier. So I went on to bet 3.65 because that's where I'm going at. They offer the best cash out out of anyone. And I was hoping they hadn't adjusted, but they have. I can only cash out for 23.75 now because the odds have actually gone out um, after those team announcements. But I got them at $2.20, 25 bucks on them, just GWS to uh, win straight away. The only thing there is the early payout if they're up by 32 points, but... We might not have to worry about that, but uh, I think putting my money where my mouth is and saying Essendon are no good and we'll lose to the Giants. I like that, Piers. Big, bold call, and uh, I tend to agree with you. I think the inclusion of Mumford in that side uh, really helps them um, get the job done. Uh, I'm not putting a bet on this one. We'll look to make a live bet. Hopefully it's not like a debacle of last week's uh, GWS game where the markets were, were dead until six minutes into the game and I wasn't able to get a live bet on, but I'd be looking at probably including the 231 there in a the same-game multi with two guarantees for a little bit of insurance. But uh, like your bet, Piers, on to our multis. Yeah, um, the multis, and we know Tab have the head-to-head special with the three three legs. So I've gone uh, with the three games I'm most certain that they will win this week's source to try and get it over that $2 mark. We've got Port Adelaide to win tomorrow night against yep. Collingwood at $1.35. I've got Brisbane to beat the Gold Coast Suns at $1.22. And I like Sydney to beat uh, Fremantle Dockers up at Metricon at $1.30. So all those three together, $2.14, max 50 on it. If one of those fails, bang. There Jeez, you, go. you are going headhunting this round. <laughs> was that three max 50s or was that four? Four. Four. So there's your 200 done. <laughs> yeah. all, all your other bets avoid. <laughs> uh, I've done the exact same thing, Pez. Head over to tag. Three leg, same game multi. Struggled to get it over that $2 mark, but I've gone with the similar sort of th- uh, theory. Teams that I think are guaranteed going to win. I've gone Port Adelaide at $1.35, Geelong at one thirty seven, and your Saints, Pez. My Saints. Your Saints are in there as a guaranteed pairs. Wow. They had $2.80. I didn't struggle with the $2 at all. That brings my odds up to $5.70, and I've whacked 25 on that one. Uh, a cheeky multi as well, kind of, uh, No, nothing cheeky about the it. The, the, the bookmakers have got this wrong. Well, you reckon they've got this wrong? You're very uh, adamant about that, but uh, you say I've got the four maxes, and uh, when I win these four maxes this round source, uh, I might be uh, it's actually... Disapp- it's disappointing we're going to have to avoid it. I might already have a building. You're, on the you're, island You can't mate I've been sitting on, sitting on this Sitting on this freaking beach For, for a month so now <laughs> Definitely not I've already got the land booked You have to go to the other side Of the island Piers You've been moving up and down The <laughs> island with the tide With you No with I haven't No I haven't I, I, was, I was on the beach For a long time Piers, but Once I started crawling up I've slowly been making my way there And the plans are in Everything's ready to go I'll, I'll come through big With this multi especially And the rest of my round Piers And we can have matching buildings, maybe, on different sides of the island, of course. Oh, I'm not going in the land. same building as you. You can piss off. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be doing that after round 19, hopefully, and uh, continuing from there. So we've got uh, our last segment, a favourite segment, the coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. know how this works, Pez? Short, sharp, because it is an extra long show. We, we go through the lines for the week. We pick a winner. Pez, I've been going first this week, but uh, you got the upper hand on me last week. You beat me 1-0, so uh, I'm not going to be doing that this week. Oh, you want to <laughs> go back to it. You got a five-point lead uh, after 
that shocking week the other week. Yeah, uh, and if you do the maths right, Pez, one a week, it's a, a draw. So I'm not I'm not taking that risk. Oh, I'm not taking that <laughs> risk. Uh, so you want me to go first? I do, I do. It's, and one of those tipsy-tovey rounds, Pez, where well, everything can happen. I've gone first in one round out of 18. So you've had the advantage in all other 17 rounds. I also so do a lot of the heavy you lifting can, over here, You can Pez. have the advantage again, I guess. And the only reason I went uh, first last week was because I stuffed it and we had to do it twice. So I already knew all the lines <laughs> anyway. But uh, right, we'll, Short we'll, and sharp, come short on. Short and sharp, all right. Collingwood versus Port Adelaide, the line is minus 24 and a half in favour of the power oh it's out that it's, far. Gone, it's gone out seven points now yeah power yeah i'm still going with the power on that one carlton versus north melbourne minus 12 and a half probably north melbourne's shortest line of the year carlton yeah i agree with that one brisbane oh, this is this is <laughs> brisbane versus gold coast minus 27 and a half and i'll, I'll put you out of misery pez i'll go the lions yeah all right <laughs> west brisbane coast well. st kilda interested to hear your thoughts on this one minus 15 and a half oh shit uh, oh, you know I'm going the Saints. Let's Pez. skip the game. Go no, the no, game. I'm going the Saints. Pez, I'll take an easy victory for that one. Um, I can't go against my side because I want to want to cheer for him. Obviously, St Kilda. Yep, jump on the bandwagon. All right, Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs minus two and a half. I think that we're opposite lines here, Pez. Yeah, well, our, from our bets, obviously, uh, I'm the dogs. You're the demons. Correct. All right, Adelaide Hawthorne plus eight and a half is the line in favour of the Crows. Yeah, I'll go the Crows. Yeah, I like the Crows at eight and a half too. I think that's a. I think they could actually snap that game and win. Sydney Fremantle minus twenty and a half in favour of the Swans. Swans, Swans yep, Swans, yep, Swans, me too. Swans. Richmond versus Geelong minus sixteen and a half. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Um. Oh, Dusty's hard, isn't it? Um. And they keep it close. What's the, what's the line again? Sixteen. Plus sixteen and a half. Right in the middle of my one to thirty nine as well. So which way do I want them to go? Let's. Uh, I'll go the cats. All right, softcock. All right, Essendon versus GWS minus seven and a half is the line. We are both. I'm guessing going with the I'll, Giants at I'll plus take, seven and a half. No, nah, I'll take the Giants at minus seven and a half. Oh, <laughs> I'll write that down. I'll take the Giants plus seven and a half, and you can take the minus seven and a half. Yeah, right. You can have two points if that gets <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> All right. How does that lead us for the uh, for the season, Pez? What are the, what are the results? Yeah, you're five up. I just wanted to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have you got a coin toss for me this week, Pez? God, no. I've got one for you. Excellent. We were talking uh, pre-show about all of the, the good games that you could be playing during lockdown. During yep. lockdown, we had the mini footy, the mini basketball ring. Pez, easy one. Mini footy or the mini basketball ring set up? What's a mini footy? This, the goals, you oh, just got a little footy. That's just got it. a little footy that you kick around the house, a little soft footy. Yeah, it's a mini footy. Yeah, mini footy? Yeah, yeah, mini footy. I don't like the mini basketball ring. It's hard to shoot the ball. I don't like the mini basketball ring because it's you're restricted to the one spot. I like the mini footy because you can hold it around the house. You can you can make multiple games out of it. Basketball, you're really limited. So yeah, I'm with the mini footy. Mini footy. But uh, if you added a third option in there, which you can't with a coin, yeah, so you've got a three-sided coin. <laughs> no, the uh, corridor cricket. Corridor cricket. Oh, we used to play it. We used sock cricket because we used to use socks, obviously. Oh, that's, that's stupid. What, what did you use? A tennis ball? A cricket oh, ball? No. Tennis ball. <laughs> Proper cricket not ball. A, not a cricket ball. The hardwood floors. <laughs> put the put the pads on in front of the uh, toilet door. You had a good story about your brother and the third umpire that you used to uh, bring in. Yeah, well, we played corridor cricket. He came in uh, and he had to set up a tripod with the with the phone uh, and record every ball just in case he wanted a review. How often do you use a review? Uh, every every time someone was out. <laughs> Sounds pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was good fun. Sounds it, Pez. We might have to get one of those going in your corridor, I reckon, are, if are this you, lockdown continues. Are you not going to you not going to finish your show? What do you mean when I finish the show? Um, you want me to storm off again, don't you? No, I don't want you to storm off. I didn't keep I, this going. I just want you to go through our socials and then I'll, I will happily wind it up. At Behind the Bound on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Powley who uh, enjoyed the show last week, even yeah. though it was a, uh, it was a train wreck. I do it for the fans. I do it for the fans. Yeah, it was <laughs> Some of my best work, wreck. apparently. With the unplugged. <laughs> and, uh, 
unlucky, unlucky on his multi during the uh, Sydney game, and uh, St Kilda probably should have won that for him as well. So unlucky on his cheeky there. We'll see what you got this week, Pally. Uh, on Pez, peace out. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.